Airbnb confidentially files for an IPO and the numbers revealed will probably surprise you. It is Saturday, August 22nd. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from my mom's half finished basement in Stowe, Vermont, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Today's show is brought to you by NordPass. We lock passwords. You hold the keys with NordPass. Store your passwords in the cloud. Access them uh, on desktop, mobile, or your favorite browser. All encrypted on your device for your eyes only. Get up to 50% off and a 30-day money-back guarantee by heading to nordpass.com forward slash MWF. And Bobby, I'm sure you know they say in this NordPass read that uh, it's on your favorite browser. What's your favorite browser? Do you have a favorite? I've never thought about my favorite browser. My favorite browser is the one that works and every, I find that every program has a favorite these days. It does seem that Chrome for our purposes, for the different streaming programs, Chrome seems to be the one. Chrome does. I'm not but- sure how I feel about that because I feel like there's sort of this thing about these monopolies of these big companies. And so Chrome, which I believe is Google, um, is seems to dominate. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. But then again, <laughs> Safari is Apple. So I don't know where you get away from the I know, right? dominating. Or if you go with the new Edge browser, that's Microsoft. So you're you're surrounded, Bobby. There's there's no way out. There's no way out, but there is no way out, (laughs) but there is a way out of this conversation. That is, let's talk about another big time company, Airbnb. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off this discussion. This is David. And this is John from the Queer Money Podcast. Friends, check. Money, check. Friends with money, let's do this. All right. Today's piece comes to us from uh, Inc. And it is the biggest news that happened, I think, this last week. Uh, and this is written by Troy Wolverton, but you can find the story everywhere. Airbnb has confidentially filed for an IPO. Airbnb just gave its biggest indication yet that it plans to go through with an initial public offering this year, confidentially filing its paperwork for an IPO. The company, which announced in a statement that it had filed the documents. So just as an aside, how confident is it when you announce in a statement that you did it? I was wondering that, Joe. I mean, how is it confidentially when it's literally the story is everywhere and they announced that it was happening themselves? Okay. It's the worst kept secret. Yeah. But Airbnb declined to say when it expected to go through with the offering, how many shares it planned to sell or what price it expected to offer them at. Going into this year, Airbnb was widely expected to go public in 2020, but that was before its business was slammed by the coronavirus crisis with countries around the world shutting down their economies and limiting the movements of their citizens. The travel industry collapsed and Airbnb's revenues went down with it. In May, CEO Brian Chesky said Airbnb's revenues this year would be less than half of what it pulled in last year. To steady the business, Chesky cut uh, 25% of his staff, laid off contractors in mass, froze the company's marketing budget, and took on $2 billion in debt. As part of the debt financing of its debt financing, Airbnb agreed to have its valuation slashed from $31 billion to $18 billion. Man, imagine if you're a shareholder there. But 
by then Airbnb. But it's not public, so you're not a shareholder, Joe. No. Well, how do you know? I could have been one of the early people. I could be an ins. You don't look at me and in- you're insider investor, right? right? Yeah. I have insider. You're definitely no. in that small insider group funding Airbnb at the beginning. I have insider Moving written on. all over me, Bobby. Insider written all over me. <laughs> But by that, Airbnb was already bouncing back by the end of that month. The number of global vacation rental bookings, Airbnb's market, was up 127% from the nadir it hit in April. Still, the company's revenues in the second quarter fell to $335 million, which was down 67% from the same period a year earlier. Bobby? Airbnb has been under pressure to go public. Even so, the company's IPO filing has since been widely anticipated. Chesky told employees last month Airbnb had resumed plans for an offering, and the Wall Street Journal reported last week the company would file for the offering later this month. Again, more confusion, Joe, about that whole confidentially filing. Anyway, Airbnb, we said, has been under pressure. Stock options held by some of the earliest employees are slated to expire this fall if they aren't exercised before then. Oh, ring, ring, ring. That's why it's happening, right? Employees typically can't afford to exercise their options unless they can immediately turn around and sell their shares to the public. It is important to note that while Airbnb filed this paperwork, that doesn't mean it will go public. Postmates filed confidentially for an IPO last year, but never went public, announcing last month that it has reached a deal to be acquired by Uber instead. Similarly, DoorDash filed its IPO paperwork confidentially in February, but is yet to go public or move forward with the process. Airbnb's announcement Wednesday indicates it plans to go public using the traditional IPO method. In such a process, companies issue new shares that they immediately turn around and sell to big investors, raising cash in the process. Joe, they're looking for you. The investors then sell some of those shares on a stock exchange, creating a public market for them. Before the pandemic, Airbnb was widely expected to go public using an alternate process, a direct listing. This method is typically less costly than a traditional IPO, but companies can't use it to raise funds for their treasuries. Rather, the company itself is selling shares to the public. Its shareholders sell stock in a direct listing. In other words, it's really focused on an, ex- an exit strategy for those early insiders like Joe Salci. Hi. <laughs> right. <laughs> I am rolling in the big money with my Airbnb. Rolling in it. Well, all these podcast profits, Joe. Yes. You the, know, what do you do with all the cash flow coming at you? That big money with friends money. <laughs> Got to make sure that it goes somewhere. Hey, uh, uh, can we talk about what this is really about? Because, because I've seen lots of chats online from people saying, why would Airbnb go public now? Like, this seems like the worst time to go public. But I, th- I think this piece hit it on the head. You got a bunch of early people inside the company who have these options that are going to expire. That's money. But then you also have, and if you read, there's a great book, by the way, about Zappos, about and, and, and it's Tony Shea. And it's a fantastic book about how Zappos was created. And he talks a lot about this. The investors in Airbnb, Bobby, have been in there a long time. And I also think that regardless of timing, there's got to be some investors who are telling Airbnb management, nope, we're going public now because I want my money out of this thing. I don't know how long coronavirus is going to go on. I don't know how long it's going to take this thing to come back. It's already much bigger than when they probably put their money in, right? So I think there's some early investors that have been with this train for a long time that are going, you know what? Let's do it. I don't care about the timing. I don't care about anything. Let's do it. Also, 
coronavirus has been very unpredictable in its impact on the economy. And a lot of things that looked like they were going to be hurt initially are maybe getting unexpected twists. So for example, Airbnb at first, no one's going anywhere, but now people want to go on vacations, but they don't necessarily want to go to a large hotel where they're going to be in a room right. where they're going to have limited dining options because you, many places you still can't have indoor dining. And so that limits it. And so you, for example, are in an Airbnb. You will now be going to another Airbnb after this. And a lot of people are choosing that as their way for vacation or their way simply to get out of perhaps an urban setting or a setting where they feel the coronavirus, um, they're more vulnerable to a coronavirus than if they were somewhere else, but not in a hotel. So Airbnb, to some degree, one could argue, is actually in a very good position with this because that may be a more appealing vacation spot than someone maybe would have been resistant to staying in an Airbnb beforehand. You people want to be in their own environment where they can make their own meals, maybe not have a maid coming in every day to clean because they don't want somebody else in the space. So it does provide a sort of isolation vacation option that is more appealing in this time. And therefore this could be an excellent time for Airbnb. No, I think you're right. Uh, at the beginning of this, I remember you and I having a discussion about nobody's going to want anything to do with Airbnb, right? When we saw the stock go through the floor or not the stock go through the floor, we saw uh, results from the company go through the floor. We saw the, uh, uh, the headlines about how Airbnb people were getting clobbered, just absolutely clobbered. And, and now I'm not hearing that as much, but because it, it kind of is starting to feel like the new normal, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's feeling like, okay, I put my mask on and I go outside and I go do whatever I do. And I'm, I'm totally with you. I would much rather be in an Airbnb where I have my own stuff. I've got this bigger layout that I have here around me instead of a hotel room. Uh, if I'm going to, especially if I'm going to stay someplace for a while. And the, the interesting thing about it too is, is that I also have um, a place that might not have been stayed in. In, in a while, whereas the hotel industry picks back up. The great thing about staying in a hotel at first was that nobody was staying in hotels and they were doing a great job of blocking rooms where, you, you know, you go into a room and there was dust all over it. I remember we first started this nomadic lifestyle thing I've been doing lately. We go into a room, Bobby, and they were dusty every time, which was great, right? Because you knew nobody stayed in there for a while. So you, you knew that the coronavirus probably not there. Um, but, uh, but as the hotel industry picks back up, Airbnb also looking good. Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, changes coming and we really don't know what those changes will be, but Airbnb has been very interesting in that we, you and I did not predict this, but now it makes total sense that Airbnb could be going even more mainstream than it already was because it is a more controlled environment. You don't, you don't have to worry about, like I said, even the maid coming in restocking, yeah. you know, the people aren't interested in the mini bar. They, they want to just have their groceries delivered and, and nobody touching them and whatever. Um, so I think that there's a lot more business for Airbnb going forward and a lot more mainstream acceptance of people that maybe would have been resistant to it before and now are more resistant to these large resorts where there's just tons of people walking around. 
We do this show live uh, on Facebook and on YouTube. If you want to join us, go to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash uh, money with friends. But Ray's hanging out with us and said, new slogan, Airbnb coronavirus free. I don't think they're going to do that, Ray. I don't think they'll do because the first time some, there is some coronavirus that goes from person to person, they're, they're in trouble. But that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Coronavirus free in, in, in your slogan. Uh, man, I hope this doesn't stay around that long. Let's talk about one more thing before we put a cap on this, Bobby, which is this IPO Airbnb. Are you a buyer? It depends. Like every IPO, it depends what your goals are. It depends what price you can get very often. And this is a stereotype by the time it gets to an average retail investor an IPO is often not the best deal initially, but Look, if you're in it for the long term, there have been a lot of IPOs that initially did not look good, like Facebook, um, that long term were very good investments. So it just it depends. But an IPO, if you're looking for a quick to make a quick buck, usually if you're the average retail investor, not the best way to go. If you've got a good connection, you can get in on the ground floor, then maybe if you can get, you know, shares at the offering price and it goes up that first day. But um IPOs are complicated. I once was able to do an IPO through a company that I worked for. And, um, you know, look, I'm glad I sold half of it when it popped and I was able to do that and made a profit and then decided to hold on to the rest for the long term. And basically, let's just say I came out neutral in the end. So, <laughs> but, um, but that's the thing, that is my, it? And, 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 you know, you say that you can be detached and not emotional. And I had been doing TV news, doing business news for at least a decade at that point. I thought I was totally cool with it. I was an emotional wreck on that IPO day. <laughs> yes. I, and it wasn't, it was a lot of money for me at that time, but it wasn't really that much money. It was, you know, it was a few thousand dollars probably, which is real money. And I was really, um, sick to my stomach. I had a really hard time. You think you can be detached and non-emotional. I was totally emotional and a basket case about it. So worried about doing the wrong thing. I just think it's, it's a lot for an individual to handle, but you know, it's, it's an experience. If you want to do it once with the amount of money you can afford to lose or that you can risk whatever, um, you know, it could be fun and interesting. It definitely, it was, it was interesting. I don't have a lot of, that's not my thing yeah. these days. It was, it was emotional. I don't know. Have you had any experiences with IPOs? No. And I generally tell people, I, I mean, I've, I've had some, but not myself because I generally don't do it partially because there are plenty of companies out there where, you know, the books, you know, what's going on. They have lots of data behind them. And I like to invest based on data. And the bad news is, you know, about an IPO, Bobby, is there's no data yet. They haven't been public yet. So, so you're investing purely on what you're talking about, purely on the emotion. I like the company. I like what they do. And so it is much more of a gamble to have an IPO. So I've never, I've never done one. And in that particular case, you were an insider. So you actually made money on that first day. You could have lost I money did. on that first day, right. but, but the no, average a lot of money the first day yeah. on that half that I sold. Right. But the average person, <laughs> as you know, who's talking about or thinking about getting in on the IPO, when, when you hear that the IPO went up 30% on the first day or 20% or some of these big numbers, the average person who buys on day one doesn't get any of that because it it does right. that between the time it opens and the first trade because of all the pressure on it, it opens much higher. So if you're not an insider, I don't think there's any reason to buy it. And by the way, that's Airbnb neutral. I don't know anything good or bad about Airbnb's yeah. IPO. We don't have enough information yet. IPO. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. There. The one we know nothing about, the one they've secretly... <laughs> 
uh, been working on. Yes. Uh, yeah, we don't have Damn. enough information there, but I still wouldn't buy it. I mean, I just don't buy IPOs. Yeah. I just, there's too much there. Yeah. Hey, in uh, just a second, Bobby and I are going to have our takeaway from today's piece. But first, I want to say a big thanks to everybody who's used our link at nordpass.com forward slash MWF. At NordPass, they lock your passwords. And what that means is all you have to do is get into NordPass. And once you get into NordPass, all of your passwords are in one place. They're organized. They are wacko passwords, by the way. They're ones that you would never come up with yourself or I would come up with. And they're all different so that you've got maybe, how many passwords do you have in your life? Jeez, maybe 80, 90 passwords. They're all stored in one place. I don't know any of my passwords that are at NordPass. NordPass created them for me. And I then, if somebody rips me off in one of those spaces, sure, they got that one thing, but they didn't get all the others. You can check out NordPass at uh, nordpass.com forward slash MWF, and that will give you 50% off and a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you use our link, nordpass.com, stackingbenjamins.com, that's funny, nordpass.com forward slash MWF. F. All right. I survived that read, Bobby. What is our, what's our takeaway here? To be continued. When COVID-19 first emerged, it hit the company hard, but with people wanting to travel, but avoid hotels, the future could be bright. I predict this is a story I am sure we will revisit. <laughs> I agree with that one. Uh, I'm going to say this to all the people that are wondering why the hell Airbnb would go public now. Seems like a bad time for the company. They're finally starting to get their legs about them again. You know what? Companies do things for reasons that might not initially have anything to do with you. And I think that whenever, not just with Airbnb, but when you think about anything, think about the other points of view. And in this case, I think you have to think about the people that work there and these options that Bobby read about earlier. And you have to think about the insiders who got in early maybe those people want out. So while it might not be great optics wise right now, there's a lot of reasons companies do stuff, Bobby. And I think you got to think about all those before you say, you know, that was a smart move or a bad move. Yeah. Sometimes there's just so much to think about. It's better to just not. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> but we did it for you. We did it for you today. Yeah, We did it for you. Yes. You're welcome. Bobby, if people want to help us make the show, how do they do that? First of all, you can learn more about the show by going to our super fancy website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com, which is constantly improving. <laughs> and that gives you a schedule of our tapings, or you could just constantly just, you know, linger on our YouTube page, which is Money With Friends on YouTube. And also be sure to follow us on social media so you can be part of the polls and quizzes that we often do. That is at Money Friends Pod. That is also our handle. At Money Friends Pod on Twitter. So follow us in both places along with YouTube. Is that like a big homework assignment for people? I don't know. You do it once and then you'll just be all set up. It is so worth it. It is absolutely so, so worth, worth it. it. Yes. We might give away prizes in the fall too. I just made that up, Joe. We, but I think we, we might. <laughs> I think, well, you and I, and people don't know this, but you and I have so many things we're talking about that are coming up uh, this fall. But I it's, just thought of the idea that we could give away prizes to entice people to follow us on all our social media. And I'm glad you waited Thanks. till we were live to say that. That was that was good. Hey, coming up on Monday, everybody, we're going to talk about a big investor, a guy named, what, how do you pronounce this? Warren Buffet? Buffet. Is that it? Warren Buffet. Buff Warren Buffet. He's, he's the, the cousin of Jimmy Buffet. Yes, of course. 
course. Yes, yes. Uh, we're going to talk about him on Monday. We'll see you then. She's Bobby. I'm Joe. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.